What kind of sighting system should you put on your rifle? Let's get into it on Sagebrush Survival. Welcome, friends and survivors. You are listening to the Sagebrush Survival Podcast, and I'm your host, the Sagebrush Survivalist. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot. Uh, Last episode, I promised I would put out an episode this week, and it's Friday evening, so it looks like I'm just barely squeezing it in, like usual, uh, procrastinating. Um, But I think we have a really good topic this week. Uh, One of the main focuses of this podcast is to get Americans prepared for um, hard times, disorder, whatever's coming, you know, just um, keeping yourself safe and protecting your family. And I know a lot of people have bought an AR-15 or some type of defensive carbine. Uh, It doesn't have to be an AR-15 or even a semi-automatic, you know, it could be some other type of of, uh, rifle for defense. Um, And so I think a lot of people want to know what type of optic or sighting system they should have on their weapon. Um, so I'm going to talk about some of the main options out there and uh, what are their advantages, what are their disadvantages, and then kind of my recommendations. So let's get into it. Um, first off, let's uh, kind of set expectations a little bit um, and talk about who is this recommendation for. So just to come clean on my experience, I'm not special forces. I'm not a ranger, not a SEAL. I'm not on the SWAT team. Um, I was just a, an army infantryman for four years. And then I did a little bit of time as well in the National Guard. So nothing special. Um, but I think I know enough to give a recommendation. I know enough that I've used all these optics and um, I can give you a pretty good idea of what they're for and, and what's good. So with that in mind, it also helps to understand that if you're listening to this, you're probably also not a Navy SEAL or an Army Ranger. Um, you're probably just an average person with an average job where you work 40 hours a week. And you're not, the difference between you and one of these guys or gals is that is their job, um, shooting and, and, um, tactics and, and combat. And so they spend a lot of time training and a lot of time getting to know their equipment, getting to know, um, how it works, how the best way to, to make it work. Um, and so I I guess what I'm driving at in this is that you should strive for simplicity and something that works well um, and works well in a lot of different situations. You want an optic that gives you an advantage, what we in the military would call a, a force multiplier, and you want it to work in uh, under a wide range of circumstances. So let's go over the main three options that uh, people put on their rifles. The first one is called a red dot, or sometimes also called a reflex sight. I'm just going to call it a a red dot for simplicity. Red dot is the choice when you need to make fast, close-in shots. So, uh, bottom line up front, 
if your main concern is home defense and your rifle is a home defense rifle or you live in a, uh, a dense urban area or you just don't expect to ever make any shots out past, like, say, 100 yards, a red dot is, is a really good option for that. Red dot sights are very compact, very lightweight, uh, very unobtrusive, and they're incredibly fast to use. Basically, it's just like a little tube or a little window that sets on top of your rifle, and it projects some kind of a dot or a, maybe even like a bullseye or something um, on the glass inside that tube, and then you just cover your target with that dot and pull the trigger. So this is incredibly fast, fast like I said, and it's hard to even explain how revolutionary this this optic was when it came out and how much it improved um, the military's, I guess, uh, fight worthiness. Oh, I can't, can't think of the right words today. But um, help me, let me help you explain understand that a little bit if you don't kind of intuitively understand it. When you're using iron sights, which you should have on your rifle anyway as a backup, but if you're using iron sights, you're basically lining up four different things in order to make a shot. You're lining up the target, the front sight, the rear sight, and your eyeball. And all four of those things have to be in alignment for you to hit what you're aiming at. The red dot is so much simpler. All you have to do is cover the red dot on the target. Your eye doesn't even necessarily have to be right behind it. Like you could be off a little bit, um, off quite a bit actually. As long as you can see the red dot and you can put it over the target, uh, you're going to make a hit. So it is incredibly fast because when you bring the rifle up to your shoulder or your cheek, you don't have to get into a perfect position. You, there's room for error there, if that makes sense, and um, that just makes it incredibly fast to use. So if speed is your number one thing that you think you're going to need because you've got close-in engagements, then a red dot's for you. Um, the next optic I'm going to talk about is called a low-power variable optic. Basically, this is Kind of like the scope that you see on a deer rifle or a sniper rifle, but it ha it goes down to a very low power, so like one power or one and a half or two power, and then it might go up to like six or eight or ten power. So you've got this wide range of magnification. You can shoot down at uh, at one power, which is kind of like a red dot. You're you're looking through the tube. You're putting the the reticle, which is the kind of like the crosshairs in the middle of a scope, if you've ever seen that. That reticle, you're just going to put it on your your target and shoot. But you also have magnification, so when you twist a knob or twist a ring, you're going to move some lenses in there so that your target appears closer. That way you can see your target much better, you can identify your target, you can tell if that's you know a friendly person or a foe, or if they're holding a weapon or a phone whatever they're holding, you can see that a lot better. Um, you can find your target a little bit easier if they're hiding behind something. Maybe they're hiding in, uh, in cover somewhere or behind a, a vehicle. Uh, magnification uh, gives you a lot of advantage that way. 
Now it's not as fast as the red dot. You have to be more in line. Your eye has to be more in line with the scope and the target. Um, so it takes a little bit, just a little bit longer to pull the rifle up to your cheek and get your head in line. Um, so that's kind of like the downside. But there's downsides and upsides and downsides to everything, right? With the red dot, you have that speed, but you, you don't have the target identification. You can't see your target any better than you could with the naked eye. Um, so those two were kind of like on end, opposite ends of the spectrum. And then the third optic I want to talk about kind of occupies a middle ground. It kind of has advantages of both, and it's not really spectacular at either of the the speed or the magnification. So what I'm talking about is a prism sight or a prism optic. A prism optic is generally, well, it can be, it can have magnification or no magnification, but in general, I'm talking about the ones with three to four power magnification. So you're magnifying your target by, you know, roughly three or four times. These optics have been issued to many, many militaries worldwide. Um, if you're familiar with an optic called the Trigicon ACOG, that's a, a prism sight. It was, it's been uh, issued to the Marines. Uh, I think like 100,000 sights have been issued to the Marines. Um, Britain, and Fran uh, Britain and Germany, I know, had prism optics on their rifles um, that they've issued to their army. So infantry grunts the world over have relied on prism sights for years and years, ever since like, you know, the 90s or the earlier, the late 80s. So even though the prism sight may not be quite as popular um, with American shooters, um, it has a long, long track record. So you don't need to think just because, you know, the latest stuff you see in a magazine or in, in a on Instagram or whatever, they have, um, you know, low power variable optics or red dots. You don't need to think that, that the prism side is outdated because it's really not. It, it just has a different, uh, performance, um, envelope, I guess. So let's flesh that out a little bit because I'm a big fan of the prism side. It's what I have on my, uh, two of my rifles and, uh, and there's good reason for that. So advantages, advantages, and specifically for the survivalist, let's talk about them. Okay, number one is durability. There's very little that can break a prism sight that that you can do as a as a human being. I mean, I'm sure it would break if you, I don't know, threw it off the Empire State Building or something. But it's it's probably not going to break in combat use or or normal use at all. They're very durable. There's not there's not a whole lot of moving parts. I apologize today. I'm stumbling over my words. Um, there's not a lot of moving parts. There's a reticle in there that is etched onto the glass. Excuse me, I had to take a drink. A reticle is etched onto the glass, similar to a, like a hunting scope or anything like that. So even if the battery dies... Um, or something goes wrong with the electronics, you've still got a reticle that you can see in the daytime, at least. And uh, you can still make your shot, even if the electronics fail or the batteries fail. Now, if 
if it is dark and you have a flashlight mounted to your weapon, which you should, you can illuminate that flashlight and the light is going to reflect off the surroundings and it's going to light up that reticle. So even in like twilight hours or, or limited uh, visibility, you can still use that sight if you have a flashlight. Um, and the batteries last a long time. I mean, the newer ones, I think the batteries last for something like 30 or 40,000 hours, which is like three or four years. So it's not something that you're going to need to worry about in, in the short term. But um, again, we are survivalists, so we'd like to think ahead. We like to think uh, the worst case scenario. And anyway, that's the kind of stuff I think about. So durability is a definite advantage for the, the prism site. Uh, the next thing is it's better than a low power variable optic in in the way that you don't have to get exactly right behind the optic. When you're shooting a, a regular scope, um, if you kind of move your head a little bit, the scope starts to get a, a big shadow on it. So then you can't see through it anymore. So you have to be pretty well right behind that optic. So think about like if you're shooting from an odd position, maybe like around a corner or um, you're hunkered down, hunkered down on some type of uh, cover that you're using or a barricade. Uh, sometimes you can be in an odd position and it makes it hard to get your eye right behind that optic. So um, the prism side is a little bit more forgiving than the low power variable optic although it's not as forgiving as the red dot. The red dot has gives you a lot of room to move your head around and still see the dot. The next advantage of the prism sight is simplicity. This is a really big one for me, and I think it's a big one for most people who don't have the time to train um, hours and hours every week shooting their rifle. Um, because it, there's no option to change the magnification, you just you kind of have to live with you know, that three power or that four power. And that sounds sounds like a bad thing, but I kind of think it's an advantage because that's one less decision that you have to make in combat. If you ever find yourself in a defensive encounter or a combat situation, there's going to be a lot of different stuff going through your mind, um, a lot of stuff you have to focus on. I personally don't want to be worried about what you know magnification setting my scope is on and, uh, you know, transitioning from close targets to faraway targets and turning the magnification ring and doing all this stuff. Um, it's just, it's a lot to handle for one person. Um, snipers usually operate in teams where there's one person with a spotting scope and, uh, you know, looking at targets, finding targets, calling out distances, and, and then the sniper's doing his or her job as well. And you are probably not a sniper. Um, so your best bet in most combat situations is to know the point-blank range of your rifle and the round you're using, which is basically the furthest you can shoot without adjusting your point of aim or your elevation or holdover. Um, and like something with the AR-15 with uh, 223 or 556, that's going to be about 200 yards or 200 meters. And then... If you know, you know, a few simple holdovers beyond that for like three or 400 meters, or you've got a reticle that can help you um, adjust your holdover for those longer ranges, that's 
going to get you through most engagements. I think that that you'll most likely uh, see. So anyway, that's my kind of view of simplicity and just not having a lot of moving parts and different decisions to make in the middle of a gunfight. The next uh, advantage of a sorry, the next advantage of a prism sight is that it is pretty fast if you can shoot with both eyes open. Um, it's not it's never going to be as fast as a red dot, but you can get pretty close if you shoot with both eyes open. What this does is it lets you look at the reticle with your right eye and then your left eye is seeing your target and seeing uh, everything in the background. And um, I don't know how it works, but the way your brain works, it, your uh, mind just kind of superimposes that reticle on in front of the target. And I'm probably saying that wrong. All I know is it works. Um, just practice shooting with both eyes open. It, it's kind of weird at first. Um, but uh, it works, I guess. That's all there is to say. Try it out. It doesn't even take that much practice. Um, you can get good at it if you train a little bit. Um, the next advantage of a prism sight is target identification. Talked about this a little bit already, but it's sometimes hard to identify a target out at 100 or 200 yards. Um, you might be able to see something moving out there, but you might not be able to see if they have a gun in their hands or um you know if they're if they're trying to do harm to you basically okay so let's talk about some of the disadvantages i think i've kind of touched on these but just to spell them out i think is good um first one not as fast as a red dot so probably not the best option if your rifle is mainly just a home defense rifle now they do make a one power prism optic it just has no magnification at all and a lot of people say like oh what's what's the point of that um well for people like me who have kind of bad eyesight i have an astigmatism and it's actually pretty common in the population uh what happens is it's hard for me to see things when there's some kind of glare like driving at night is like terrible like all the glare from the headlights and everything and so when i look through a red dot and instead of seeing just a dot, I see kind of like a little star or like a check mark. And it's kind of weird. So that makes it not very precise at longer distances. It's like no problem up close and up to, out to like 150 yards. It's not a problem. Um, but then when you're trying to make those precise shots at longer distances, uh, it's kind of hard to know where on that like star to hold. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but you're looking you're trying to put that star or that check mark on the target and you don't know exactly where to hold it on the target uh, it's really annoying so that's one reason and then the other reason might be durability if you're just you know like me and you you want something super durable you might choose a one power prism optic over a red dot but for most people i think you know the red dots probably better and faster um Another disadvantage is it doesn't give you a whole lot of magnification. I mean, you can get five or six power uh, prism optics, but then you do start to give up a lot of speed, and it's just it's hard to look through a five or six power optic at closer targets. So those aren't really worth it to me. Um, 
So you don't get a lot of magnification compared to a low power variable optic, which they come in like six power scopes, uh, eight power, 10 power, and they really help you shoot something farther out. So maybe if part of your, your use case is hunting, um, if you're hunting in a wide open area where there's, you know, you might be trying to shoot like a, uh, a pronghorn antelope out at like three or 400 yards, um, magnification is going to be a huge help with that. So that is, that's another disadvantage of the, of the prism site. Um, oh, there's an advantage I forgot. Um, compared to the low power variable, variable optic prism site is going to be a lot less weight. So low power variable optics, they start around 18 ounces or so. And then some of the heavier duty ones are up to like a pound and a half, you know, 24 ounces. And then on top of that, you've got the mount, which is like another, you know, five to seven ounces. So we're talking in some cases, you're adding close to two pounds to your rifle. And that just makes it really cumbersome, makes it really heavy. You don't want to lug it around. It makes it, you know, slower to get up uh, to your shoulder. So some of the newer prism sights that are coming out are like, you know, 10, 11 ounces, and that includes the mount and everything. So it's, it's a big difference, at least for me. And that's uh, definitely one of the, one of the reasons that I put that on my rifles. Um, but as far as disadvantages go, I think that's about it. Sometimes they're, they're not super bright as far as the illumination of the reticle. There's a, you know, part of the electronics is that it lights up those crosshairs or that reticle that reticle sometimes it's not super bright in the daytime but in that case i usually just turn off the illumination and just have black because that black is really easy to see in the daytime and then as the sun starts going down and starts getting darker you can turn on that illumination and it helps you out with those uh twilight shots um i hope that answered a lot of people's questions about carbine optics um Mainly I've had in mind the AR-15 when I'm doing this discussion, but if you have some other, you know, carbine, like maybe a, uh, a lever action, you could, you could definitely put a small uh, prism side on there or even a red dot. Um, if you have even a bolt action rifle, there are some short and handy bolt action rifles that would be pretty good for defense. I'm thinking about like the Ruger American Ranch that comes in uh, 223, 300 blackout, and uh, 762 by 39. So if you live in a state where you can't have a semi-automatic rifle, you know, some of you might uh, think about that kind of rifle. Um, yeah, if you have any questions at all about this, go ahead and, and drop me a line. I'd be happy to answer your question. I, I do it all the time on on Instagram and I'm happy to do it by email as well, which is sagebrush survival at uh, gmail.com. Instagram is sagebrush underscore survival. And um, let's see, Twitter. Twitter is serve bros pod, S U R V B R O S P O D. And Twitter's just mainly where I kind of post about political stuff and it's, you know, not always survival related, but um, 
drop me a line if you have any questions about about what I'm talking about, because I know I went through this pretty fast, and some of you might have really specific concerns. You know, I think, you know, if you live in a way out in the country, you know, you might consider getting a low-powered variable optic. You can see a long way, and you it's possible you have threats from a long way away. Sounds like there's a, a gunfight going outside my window, but I think it's the neighbors have been playing uh, mariachi music for a little while, and I don't know if there's some kind of Latino holiday or something, but uh, it does sound like there's a gunfight going out on outside my window. So anyway, yeah, drop me a line. I'm happy to answer questions. Um, if you would like to support this podcast, I'd really appreciate it. Just uh, you can drop me a tip on paypal.me forward slash sagebrush survival and uh that'd be great i really appreciate it before we go let's talk about the tip of the week and the liberty quote tip of the week people spray paint your rifle black is not a color that is found in nature very often Uh, so if you want to blend in um, you don't want to stand out get a couple of rattle cans of uh, flat paint like a, a tan an olive green, maybe a flat brown. Um, take some leaves or some netting or something like that. Lay it across your rifle. We'll do a base coat first. Tape up all the important parts so you don't get spray paint on places you don't want to get spray paint. Um, put down a, a base coat of some kind, and then maybe put some leaves or netting over it, and then you know spray it again. It doesn't have to be fancy. It's not intimidating. And just do it. It's it's uh much better idea than standing out. All right, Liberty Quote. This is from the author Charles Bukowski. The problem with the world is that the intelligent people are full of doubts, while the stupid people are full of confidence. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Take nothing for granted.